So today is the 29th of September, 2021. Today is the Lunar Observance Day, the One Pra, the eighth uh, lunar day in this lunar cycle. And we're close to the end of the month of September, and close to entering October. And in October, we have the end of the monastic rains retreat. So we just have 24, 25 days left in this year's monastic rains retreat. So may we uh, set our hearts on the practice through the rest of this rains retreat. And we see that we are determined to uh, spend the rains retreat about two months and eight days ago to spend all the three months uh, practicing in the same place. And we see that this time has passed already, and therefore we see that the days and nights are constantly uh, passing by in this way, and days are constantly arising, and subsequently nights constantly arising and passing, arising and passing. So we ask ourselves, how, how have we been spending our time we see that having been born already, then we uh, study and learn in the beginning of our lives. We are intent to learn. And why do we do this? It's because well, we start out not knowing much. And if we don't study, then we'll end up being uh, ignorant and unintelligent. So, if we don't have effort in our studies, then our parents may tell us that we'll end up being uh, ignorant or stupid. And different countries may have different uh, methods or different uh, ways of uh, telling their children about this. But in Thailand, parents may tell their children that they'll end up like a buffalo, and that they'll end up having to work hard like a buffalo working in the fields, plowing the fields in the hot sun, in the rain and wind. And the children feel afraid of this, so they decide, oh, it's better to go to school and better to study. And they do this out of fear. And because they see if they don't, or the parents tell them if they don't study, then they won't be able to get a livelihood, won't be able to get a job. And then how will they take care of their lives? How will they live in the world? Because the children, they just don't know about these things. And so they need their parents to take care of them. And so the parents may point out the buffaloes to them and tell the children that they'll grow horns on their head. And the children may hold their head in their hands and see if they have horns yet or not. And they are told if they go to school, then they won't grow horns. And so this is one way, one method that adults may use to motivate children to go to school. And having studied and learned, then one knows how to obtain a livelihood, one knows how to work in order to uh, live in this world, in order to care for one's life, to have a family, to have a spouse, to have children, and so on. And we see that that's how life is. But having reached this point or knowing how to do this, the mind still hasn't overcome suffering. The mind has a lot of fear or can have a lot of fear all the time. Fear that one 
won't succeed in one's studies, or one will study badly, or that one won't find work, or won't succeed in one's work. So there are various fears like this. And then as well, the physical body degrades, uh, and this results in pain, uh, sickness, uh, illnesses of the body. And whatever material things we have in the world, we must be separated from them as well. Our mother, father, brothers and sisters, our children, our loved ones, our friends, we must be separated from all of them. And this is natural, this is how it is. But the mind, the untrained mind doesn't know that this, uh, about this law of nature, about separation. What the mind knows is just that it wants these things and uh, desires these things and just wants them all the time, wants to never be separate from them. But we see that all these conditioned things, uh, we must be separated from them. But the untrained mind just wants happiness all the time. And this is the nature of the untrained mind. We see that in our lives, uh, what, what do we get in our lives? We see that we're all uh, traveling together through these lives and having been born uh, at the most, we may live to about a hundred years. And then at the end of that, we're separated from everything. So we have, uh, get diseases and sicknesses. And even if we don't get any diseases or sicknesses, in the end, we still die and formations still degrade because this is the way of nature. This is how things are. So we see even without any illnesses or any pandemics or diseases, uh, material things, uh, conditioned things, uh, sankharas are here just for that long. And so these sankharas, these conditioned formations having lasted long already, they must degrade back to their original state. Earth returns to earth, water returns to water, air returns to air, fire returns to fire. These natural elements simply return to their original state. And when this degradation and disintegration happens, it can cause a lot of pain and suffering in the minds of individuals. Because at this point, when things are degrading, the mind really feels like it needs a refuge, it needs a place of security. And if the mind doesn't have a safe refuge, then this is a great deal of suffering. We see that the suffering arises in one's studies, in one's work, in one's family. There can be a lot of suffering in study, work, and family. And even if we have a lot of material wealth, then we have a lot of worry as well, because we know we must be separated from this material wealth. It doesn't go with us when we die. So therefore we must train our minds. Today is the Lunar Observance Day. It's an excellent day. So therefore we train our minds to be excellent on this day as well. We undertake the five precepts or the eight precepts. We practice chanting and meditation. Just like this evening, we chanted the Dhamma Chakapavatana Sutta, the discourse on setting in motion the wheel of Dhamma. 
This discourse is about knowing the truth of the way things are, knowing about uh, suffering, the cause of suffering, the cessation of suffering, and the way to the cessation of suffering. We see that naturally the mind is in a state of stillness already, but then the causes for suffering arise in the mind. And we know, we've learned already, that the cause of suffering is this uh, craving and attachment. And this, these causes of craving and attachment arise, and we don't know them uh, as they're arising. But these causes arise in the present moment and cease in the present moment. So whatever attachment arises, it arises in the present right here. And then we practice to know it clearly and see it cease in the present right here. So we practice to cultivate this knowing quality, to know suffering, to know it as it is, and to know uh, craving, to know attachment. And we all have this quality of craving and attachment, and we want this craving to end. And so what should we do in order to make it end? Well, we practice uh, sila, samadhi, and panya, virtue, concentration, and wisdom. And we practice having right view. So we travel along this Noble Eightfold Path of sila, samadhi, and panya. And we really set our hearts on this practice. Because this quality of setting our hearts on something or being intent in something, it's something, this is something we've done throughout our lives, whether in study or work, in our livelihood. This quality of being intent is something that we must have in order to accomplish things in the world, in order to live in the world. So why are we not intent to train our own minds? We can compare it to cleaning one's dwelling, cleaning one's house. We do sweeping, mopping, uh, wiping things down, and so on. And then the house feels newer, feels fresher, feels clean and refreshing. Or like the uh, clothing we wear, we clean it because the body is uh, constantly shedding uh, dead skin cells and various uh, oils and so on from the body get on the clothing and then the clothing is reckoned as dirty so we go to clean it. We can't just keep on using the cloth indefinitely but we need to clean it periodically. So it's the same with our own minds and the dirty things that are in their minds are these uh, mental formations including the defilements and including thoughts, whatever arises in the mind. And particularly if the mind lacks the quality of sila or virtue, then the mind becomes darker and darker, becomes ever more darker uh, without sila. So therefore we practice to train our minds well, to have effort in this practice, to make our minds clean, just like uh, cleaning one's house, one sweeps and mops, and then it feels like a house that one wants to live in, feels livable and good. So our mind is the same way. We have to care for our mind. Don't just let the mind follow after craving and attachment. 
this craving and attachment which uh, cover over our minds all the time. So in order to care for and clean our minds, what should we do? Well, we start out using our faith, our faith in the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha. And we ask ourselves, well, how do we accomplish the end of suffering, the end of stress? It's not that we have faith already and that we uh, automatically have wisdom as well. That's not the way it is. But one needs to have uh, faith and then effort then mindfulness, then collectedness, then wisdom. These five uh, powers, five faculties. And when we have faith, we see the drawback in this samsara, this cycle of birth and death. We wish to seek and escape from it. We have this faith and respect in the Lord Buddha, the Buddha who is the pure one, the fully and rightly self-awakened one, who is able to know and understand the truth uh, by his own efforts on his own. The Lord Buddha with uh, boundless compassion and great wisdom, who built his spiritual virtues for the sake of helping and benefiting all beings. So we have this faith already. We may have a little bit of wisdom. And this uh, true faith that we have, we use it to have effort to follow the Buddha's teachings. Or if we truly have faith, then we'll have effort to follow the Buddha's teachings. And it's something that's not easy to do. It can be very difficult to do this, but we must have effort. We must have uh, this quality of seeking, seeking out uh, the truth, seeking out the fruits of practice. Because if we don't seek, if we don't have effort, then wisdom won't arise. So similarly, in one's studies, one must have firm intent, one must have effort in worldly things. In practicing the Dhamma, one must have effort as well. One must also have patient endurance in this training of the heart to fight with the various feelings that arise in the mind. There may be craving, attachment, uh, desire just to sleep, just to eat, but one must uh, continue to have effort and perseverance in one's practice. Because if one sleeps a lot, then the mind will be uh, agitated and troubled. If one eats a lot, then the mind will be agitated. If one speaks a lot, the mind will be agitated. And so for Dhamma practitioners, they practice to eat little, uh, speak little, and to wake with effort and uh, perseverance, to practice to train one's heart like this, to train the mind not to get stuck in pleasure or pain, but to travel the middle way. It's like uh, sending a stick down a river. If the river doesn't get stuck on the left shore or the right shore, then the stick reaches the ocean for sure. It's the same way with training the mind. If the mind doesn't get lost in liking, and if it doesn't get lost in disliking, then the mind goes to see the Dhamma and know the Dhamma for sure. So we must be able to uh, do this, we must be able to train our minds like this, to make our minds clean in the present moment.
this cleanliness arises in the present moment. Because if we don't train our minds, then who will? And we see that we cultivate mindfulness. We actually all have mindfulness already, but the question is, what do we have mindfulness with? In other words, what are we rec recollecting in our minds? So we have the quality of recollection, mindfulness with our study, with our work, with our day-to-day -day, uh, duties. Uh, whatever we're doing in life, we have the quality of recollection to a certain degree, like driving one's car and doing chores and so on. But this quality of mindfulness, we need to practice it to a deeper level to train our minds to have mindfulness, to develop them, uh, to cultivate them on the path of practice. So we chant about having right mindfulness uh, tonight and right mindfulness uh, in a more detailed fashion, we can say is the four foundations of mindfulness. Mindfulness of the body, feelings, the mind, and of dhammas. We see in the Noble Eightfold Path, one uh, part of the path is right mindfulness. So we have mindfulness with these four foundations of body, feelings, mind, and dhammas. So practice and train your mind in this way. Make your mind firm and stable in this. Sometimes we may ask why the mind is uh, liking and proliferating and thinking without ceasing. Why the mind is so agitated. Because we want the mind to stop this uh, behavior. But are we able to order our minds like this? Can we just order our minds and say, okay, stop thinking now, stop being agitated now. Similarly with anger, we already know that anger is bad, it's not useful, it's uh, something that's painful. So we may have a lot of disliking for this experience of anger. But we see a visual form, we see a being, and particularly seeing another human being, and it's someone we don't like. So as soon as we see that visual form, this quality of disliking arises already, anger arises already. And if that person speaks, then we may have even more anger arising at that point. The experience of sound arises and disliking arises again. And, and this disliking starts with seeing the visual form. So this Experience of disliking is one type of suffering, one type, one type of dukkha. So we practice to have mindfulness with this, to train ourselves to not get lost in anger. So we can investigate this disliking for a visual form or disliking for the material form of another being. We see that this form it's made out of the four natural elements, the same as our own form. So we may, we may ask, well, these two physical forms are the same, and we're angry with this other physical form, so why aren't we, why aren't we equally angry with ourselves? Because this breath between different beings, this breath is the same. 
earth elements the same, the water elements the same, the fire elements the same, the brain, the liver, the intestines, the bones, and so on. They're all uh, pretty much the same between uh, different beings, different humans. There's just a bit of difference in the uh, shape and color of the face and so on. But largely speaking, the form is really just the same. So if we're not angry with ourselves, why are we angry with another? It's because these physical forms, they don't know what's going on. The brain just orders them, orders these physical forms about. And so we dislike these physical forms sometimes. But these physical forms, they just don't know what's going on. And actually the brain that orders the body also doesn't know what's going on because it's the mind, the jitta, that orders the brain about. And the brain simply follows the orders of the mind. And if the nervous system or the brain has some problem or something's not working, then it can't follow these orders. But then we may ask, well, in this case, who is ordering the mind about? Who orders the mind? And we see it's uh, greed, aversion, and delusion ordering the mind about. So greed tells the mind to think a certain way. Aversion tells the mind to think a certain way. Ignorance tells the mind to think a certain way. Similarly with uh, fear, love, hate, and so on. But that which is important, or of primary importance, is this greed, aversion, and delusion that exists within each individual mind. So this we see as the cause. We see that these kilesas, these defilements, they're not owned by any particular individual. The kilesas affect different individuals' minds, but the kilesas themselves are not owned, they're not personal. Uh, they affect each individual, but they're not uh, self but we, uh, through delusion, cling to these things as self. So therefore we need to train and practice, uh, train our minds to have knowing, to have understanding, to know these minds of ours. And then when we understand our own minds, we're able to teach others as well. So we train in these four foundations of mindfulness, body, feelings, mind, and dhammas. We train ourselves to have mindfulness, to have firm uh, samadhi, firm collectedness. And when collectedness is firm and stable, then these moods and sense impressions can't enter the mind. The mind has a layer of protection, has something protecting it. So these qualities of mindfulness and collectedness are the protectors of the mind. And it's the same as protecting against the virus. The virus uh, tries to enter the body, but if the body has uh, studied already through the vaccine, then the body has learned from the vaccine about this virus, and the body already knows how to deal with it, how to protect from it. So this knowing of the virus is like the quality of mindfulness. And so the body builds antibodies to fight against the illness. And this helps the body to be uh, stable and strong 
to not let the virus enter into the lungs, to not let the virus harm the body. So similarly, we have mindfulness, collectedness, and wisdom to protect our minds such that moods and sense impressions can enter and uh, bring harm to the mind. So we train these qualities of mindfulness and collectedness to be firm and stable. And if we have mindfulness but not sufficient collectedness, then these sense impressions are able to enter the mind. So we train mindfulness to be firm and stable, for collectedness to be firm and stable. And this is the way to realize wisdom. Just like the body has its bodily wisdom to protect against viruses, similarly the mind needs wisdom to protect against sense impressions. And when the mind has wisdom, then we see sense impressions as just sense impressions. And the mind is merely the mind. These two things are separate. But if the mind lacks energy, lacks strength, then minds enter straight into the mind. And then we see the mind and sense impressions as one thing. But if the mind has mindfulness, collectedness, and wisdom, then these sense impressions and the mind are separate. See that the outer, outer phenomena are one thing. Like there may be expressions or uh, outer expressions of anger, love, uh, hate, and so on. This is just on the outer level, but the inner level can be a different story entirely. But in the beginning, one is not able to do this. So one practices to have restraint and composure in the beginning. And if we don't have wisdom, if we don't have mindfulness, then we'll meet with experiences and experience things like anger and various afflictive emotions. So we need to have patient endurance, uh, firstly. For instance, some monks go to practice in very fearful places, and these monks need to have a lot of patient endurance, first of all. For instance, going to the cremation ground, there can be a, a great degree of fear arising. So one needs to patiently endure with this fear and accept death. See that if one dies, then one dies. Just accept it like that. But for lay practitioners, they don't need to practice to that degree. But we all train to have mindfulness, collectedness, to be stable and firm, to give rise to wisdom. And when this occurs, then we see that there's really nothing to be afraid of. There's just the four natural elements. And that the mind that has mindfulness and wisdom is able to be protected and from these sense impressions and to overcome the fear. For instance, seeing skeletons of discarded corpses, there may be fear arising. But with wisdom, one sees that these bones are the same as our own bones. So really, what is there to be afraid of? Because these bones in our own body, we use these bones uh, to walk, to sit, to assume various postures. And our, we order our bodies to move about in this way. And so we're constantly using our skeleton. So when we see another skeleton, why should we fear it? What's there to be afraid of? It's the same bones that we have in our own body. 
So to have fear is to lack wisdom. There's a story of Lungpu Cha uh, teaching a monk, and this monk was in the meditation hall, and he felt a great degree of fear because there was a, a human skeleton uh, there in the meditation hall, and the skeleton was on display in a cabinet, and this monk was afraid that the skeleton would come out of the cabinet and come uh, visit him. So he was very afraid. But the teaching of Lumpu Cha was that, well, you actually, you're sleeping with a skeleton every night already. It's just that skeleton's covered over with a, a covering. And that skeleton is your own skeleton covered with uh, skin and flesh. But the skeleton that you are constantly with, you actually love it as yourself. You take it to be your own yourself and you love it and are comfortable with it. And yet you fear this uh, skeleton that you see out, outside of your own body. And so we see that it's because of craving and attachment that one sees these uh, skeletons as something different. But in reality, it's just bones all the same. It's earth element all the same. It's just craving and attachment that cling to it as self and other. So therefore we need to train our hearts to be good before our uh, bodily condition degrades and disintegrates. We see that there's not uh, much to this life, there's just this much. So may you all uh, set your hearts on this practice and practice uh, in this lifetime.